You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you subscribe or follow your favorite podcast. Make sure Locked On Browns is in your rotation. Five-star ratings, written reviews. The show itself, at Locked On Browns, follow-back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are open as well. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Podcast. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts, Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockenfora, some of the names that will be along for the ride. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. Uh, we've been running uh, running tough this week. Obviously, we had post-game coverage of the victory over the New York Giants. We had John Costco in last night, talk some PFF talk. Um, Stephen Thomas from the OBR has been here, I believe the last time was right before the Jacksonville game. So we're going to sit down with him. Obviously, Steve is now part of they are doing the great live show over at the OBR. Um, they're not, not the same old Browns podcast, but they're mixing in some other things here through the week with that show, which has been fantastic. If anybody caught it, I was there last night. Steve and I had some interesting conversations that I liked, and it would made sense to bring him on here. And we're going to go through some of this as you know, we're starting to whittle the roster down, down now down to 80. Um, I think, and Steve, this might be the first one I'm going to say is, I think things right now aren't as concrete as we thought they were going to be. Yes, injuries sometimes do that, but play also comes down to a two. So it is kind of interesting because I, I think it's not nearly as slam dunkish as maybe we thought it would be to this point. Yeah, uh, and before we jump into that, I just I had a thought while you were talking. I remember back you've been with Locked On Browns for what four and a half years now, give or take. We are it like will that. September twenty second will be the four year Annie, sir. Yes, right. And I remember that uh, before that you had actually tried since you you know you grew up a Jets guy, you had tried to go and grab the Locked On Jets. So I just I just wanted to to ask you, looking where the Browns are now, looking where the Jets are now, are you? Are you kind of glad that it fell this way and you're one of us now? I absolutely love where I am now. <laughs> and and I think part of it, Steve, and this is where it's funny, because a lot of people ask me sometimes, you know, about the fact that I'm here. I'm out and, you know, all these apparel companies, which are so great to me and send me a ton of stuff. Nobody bothers me. So I don't have to deal with the mundane Jets or Giants conversations anymore or, oh, Eli Manning sucks. We're talking about a guy who won two Super Bowls. How do you use the word suck? Yes, he may not be as great as people think he is. So it's great. It is absolutely perfect. And here's a funny one. The other day, um, I'm going into the food store, and there's a lady in front of me with a Baker Mayfield jersey on. And I put the picture on social media. I took it with her. 
funniest thing is <clears throat> my wife goes to the summer program that she works with. You know, my wife works in a local high school with special needs kids, and there's a summer program for these kids. And she says, I think the woman in that picture is part of the program. I'm like, get that out. Next day she comes home. Yep, confirmed. She thought you were <laughs> awesome. She loved being able to talk, actually be able to talk Browns football with somebody here in in New Jersey. It was just, you know, funny how it works out. But I no, I mean, and for me, and I told you, and I remember talking with you at the time is, is if I wanted to do this, I wanted to do something completely new. I wanted to challenge myself to get back into this at the time, you know, it'd been a hiatus. If I was going to do it, I wanted to be all in, but I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to be something new, you know, not where, you know, I'm talking about the same old Jets where nine and seven, oh, but if we steal three, that, yeah, I just wanted newness and we're here now. But Steve, getting back to it, it's not, <laughs> it's not as simple as we thought it was going to be. And, you know, some things, some players, some things have definitely changed the perception of what this final 53 could be. Yeah. And I think uh, the one place that is, is obviously the murkiest and gets a lot of attention on social media and, and regular media and everything. It's actually the one place that we thought would be murky. Uh, and that's the interior of the defensive line. We knew, you know, a month ago uh, as we were getting ready to, to break camp to, or to start camp, that there was a lot of names, a lot of potential, but we really, I mean, I think you and I had a conversation where we said outside of Malik Jackson, you could make a case for or against literally everyone else in that room. And I couldn't argue with you because we had no idea how it was going to shake out because they took the numbers approach. They threw a whole bunch of potential and they only need a certain number of guys uh, to come through. Well, the guys that have come through, to this point, at least one of them is not one that a lot of people were expecting. Uh, big number 58, uh, Malik McDowell, a, a lot rides on, for him and everybody else in that room on his practices and his performance against the Falcons this week. Um, because if he puts together another performance like he had the other day against the Giants, yeah, I, you would hope that he would take another step forward as he gets more comfortable. It's been so long. He's back in the groove now, but even if it's just exactly the same, I think that's enough to make it really, really murky in that IDL room, because you look at the rest of them and they've invested in everyone else that's there from different angles. Andrew Billings has the only really guaranteed contract in the room. That's of any significance 3.5. It's not going to break the bank if they were to walk away from him, but it's a significant number. Uh, Tommy Togiai was a top 130 pick. It's very difficult to walk away from a guy like that in his first camp. Uh, Marvin Wilson, we know, was the highest paid UDFA uh, out there. And uh, so they've invested in him. You don't want to walk away from that kind of investment. Jordan Elliott was a top 100 pick just last year. You don't want to walk away from a top 100 pick this quickly. And Sheldon Day, frankly, he was signed as an insurance policy in case none of these youngsters uh, – uh, panned out, but the dude has freaking bald. So how do you cut him? You know, so I, I think we, we could be, and I talked about this with our friend Cody Sook the other night, who, who looks at analytically how things, how 53s are generally broken down by successful teams. And we all know that, you know, the initial 53 is not going to be the 53. There are certain things that play into the initial 53 that are not who's the best. It's who might not get stolen. You know, who, who, where position wise, do we have an abundance? And so we keep one less because we know we're going to pick up a corner. So we keep an extra this. So, you know, we could be looking at a situation where the initial 53 has six interior defensive linemen on it um, because of the also uncertainty at the edge depth spots. 
Um, uh, Tack McKinley back in the building today. That was a huge step. If we assume that that's going to continue, he's going to be back on the field. Funny after the and, conversation we had last evening, but yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, if we assume that you know everything you know keeps going and he doesn't get hurt and you know he's the edge three, like we've all thought, well, then the edge room that everybody's been worried about. You, you never say anything is settled, but you're okay because Porter Gustin's injury looks like it's just precautionary and he is perfect in that edge four role. He's perfect for that roster spot. And then if you wanted to keep five, any of those other guys, I mean, they're not sterling in and of themselves, but Cameron Malvo, Curtis Weaver, Joe Jackson, they're perfectly fine in, in an edge five role. So if tack is back actually, and it works out, the edge room is really settled, but you could, you could, keep four edges and six interior defensive linemen on the initial 53, because probably one or two of those guys is not going to get scooped up. And if they are, and you wanted a fifth edge down the road after the initial wave of, of claims and everything, there's going to be somebody roughly about in their skill yep. bracket that's available out there. So it's definitely one of the possibilities there, the end of the tight end room, the end of the running back room, the end of the wide receiver room. It's so and they're all kind of interconnected, which is which is bizarre. So there's a lot of questions, but unlike years past, the murkiness that you talked about that we're not sure, it's not at the top of the roster, which is a nice thing. It's all at the end of the roster, which is a great uh, change for us here. Just, just since you started four years ago, it's like a complete 180. Um, so yeah, it is a lot murkier and there's a lot more questions, but I think... Most of the questions come from a positive space. It's not a good God. Can one of these guys please step up and at least be mediocre? It's not like that. It's which of these guys that are pre playing pretty well are going to lose the game of musical chairs. So that comes from a positive space, even though they are going to be some tough decisions. And, you know, the way you had put it as far as, you know, keep six, you know, guys, interior, four edge guys. But And this is the thing, and we talked about this last night. I talked about this with you guys on your show, and I talked about it a little bit last night with John Costco, though, is you've got some guys on the interior defensive line where, and this is going to go with every roster group, where you can kind of view a guy as he's a point five of that group. Malik Jackson can be a point five, you know, where he's an IDL and an edge. Malik right, McDowell, right. if this continues like this, that you might want to experiment a little bit and say, well, exactly. let's see if we put him outside. But Malik McDowell now becomes the interesting thing. And this kind of goes back to Alden Smith last year with the Cowboys. Right now, obviously, Alden Smith out of the league. But the Cowboys, you caught that lightning in a bottle last year. And, you know, as much as – and, Stephen, you, Stephen, you and I are always on this together. I, I'm going to try and say Stephen, Paul, so make sure you're listening. You were always, <laughs> you're always on this, you know, where – they're not the guys we always want to go chasing after, but look, you know, we're here, we're paid to analyze. So obviously we're going to analyze. So for where you are right now with Malik McDowell, he, first off in, when you're looking at all five of these guys that we're considering, you know, for the interior D line, Malik McDowell right away has a calling card that nobody else does. He is an elite athlete. There is no way around it. And as far as playing the IDL, as far as athleticism, he can look at Miles Garrett. He can look at JD, Jadavian Clowney and say, I am on your level athletically, which makes it really, really appealing. And again, knock on wood, he has been the consummate soldier to this point, which is the biggest concern, obviously, that you had, obviously, right. that I had. 
you want to ride this wave. And look, if he can come in and he can contribute, it doesn't mean you're going to kick Wilson to the curb. It doesn't mean you're going to kick Tommy Togi out of the curb. But it's like, guys, you don't have this calling card. We have a lot of faith in you. We think you may develop into be really, really nice players. Um, but this is where we just have an elite freak of nature who may, after all of this time, found his way to you know the path to righteousness, however you want to put it. But this is now an interesting, and the Browns have had some really, really nice, good problems show up in this camp. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Davion Davis, and anybody getting suspended two and a half years later for a, a drunken driving incident. Okay, NFL. I guess Deshaun Watson's going to get, uh, you know, he'll get suspended in 2031 by according to the NFL standards. But Steve, this is something where, and it's not a disrespect to anybody in that IDL room, but it's like, sorry guys, didn't anticipate this, but yeah, the food chain here may have just changed and changed changed drastically. Yeah, he's he's physically a freak. I mean, there's no way around it and i mean that in the best possible sense you know he's not he's not somebody you pay five bucks to see in a, in a tent at a, at a carnival i'm saying the dude is and th- that was always if you remember his draft cycle that was it physically there's zero questions about this guy it's all the six inches between his ears and like you said you, you never know you got to see him go through a full season get away from you know the facility get away from the routine get out on their own in a road game and that's where the trouble uh, comes in for guys like this and but like you said to this point he's been a model citizen uh to the as far as we know so if you have a guy with whose top end is like that and he's still only what 25 i think 26 yep. maybe at the most 25 in uh, june yeah so it, it, it's hard to you and i had talked before the season that maybe the best thing for him was to not show much in camp and then they would sneak him onto the to the uh, practice squad for a redshirt year because nobody, if he didn't show much, probably wouldn't get scooped up after four years away from the league. Other teams would go, ah, he's washed up. Maybe that was the best thing for him. Well, lo and behold, uh, if you watch the All-22 from the Giants game, it was even better than we thought live. He was, there was one play down on the goal. I, actually, I think it was the play the Giants scored the touchdown on. So, you, you know, you don't want to say that was a good play, but his, the center that he was up against was, <laughs> I mean, it looked, it looked like me blocking him. It was, yep. it was embarrassing. He just obliterated the guy. And if he's going to be able to do that on even a semi-regular basis, then yeah, there's just absolutely no way you can keep him off the roster at this point, because frankly, outside of Malik Jackson, you know, who they obviously have so much faith in that he hasn't seen a snap, uh, Nobody else has been consistent. I mean, Sheldon Day has played well. Uh, Andrew Billings has had some good reps and some bad reps. I think he's rounding back into shape. I'm not as worried about Billings as some people on social media are. I think he's rounding back into shape. But the rest of the guys, Togiai looks like a looks like a rookie, promising, but you know, gets his pads too high at times. Marvin Wilson is the same. I mean, like like Pete likes to say, you're you're not in college anymore. Uh, you know, you're not the strongest guy out there. You're playing against grown ass men who are feeding their families across from you. So you better get stronger and you better develop a whole bunch of moves. You can't just win being a brute on the inside in the NFL like you could in the Big Ten or the ACC or wherever it was that you came from. But a guy like Malik McDowell, who not only is just physically freaky and physically huge, he has shown to this point that he's been working on his moves. He can get skinny. He's bursty as hell off the ball. 
And yeah, everybody keeps saying him and Malik Jackson both can slide outside. And so maybe you don't need to carry a fifth edge because if you're in a situation where you you're, you need that edge five, you slide those guys out, you pick one of these guys up from the practice squad for that week, and they're your fourth interior defensive lineman for a certain matchup or if somebody's ankle is turned or that kind of stuff. So it, the fact that he came out of nowhere, and I remember you and I talking about it after they signed him, we were like, just complete and total wild card. Could be off the roster by the third day of camp or could be an absolute stud or anything in between. It looks like, knock on wood, it's trending towards the best possible outcome you could think of. So uh, we weren't expecting this, but you start looking at those numbers. Like I listed before, they are invested in all of these guys from one angle or another. Eventually, you're just going to have to pick, you know, one of them's got to go. I mean, you, you got to give up on one of your investments because there's just not enough spaces unless they invent, you know, somebody comes out with a mysterious knee injury and goes on IR for the year, maybe Marvin Wilson or somebody like that. But yeah, it's again, it's a good problem to have when you have too many freakishly athletic guys, especially on a part of the defense that was a problem last year. And to this point has not appeared to be settled uh, in the preseason. But if he can keep taking those steps forward, I'm not really between him, Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I think it's going to be a, it's going to be one of those cases where you look at that IDL and it's going to be, you take all of the parts and say, it's a pretty good group. Nobody's going to make a pro bowl. No, none of that, but it's like, you know what? They're piecemealing this together to be, a nice thing. And this seems to be the thing is they're, they're piecemealing every position. Some of them well, obviously have more talent than others, but they're piecemealing every positional group. And let me throw this by you, Jeff, just, just cause I want, I want to see you smile. I love it. I love seeing you smile. Imagine this, imagine Malik McDowell continues to step forward and becomes the player that some people thought he could be back during it. Just imagine that now imagine it's third and 14 and the opposing quarterback comes up under center and he sees looking across from him, Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, Malik Jackson, Jadevian Clowney, and Tack McKinley. You and me <laughs> could cover for as long as he's going to have to throw the ball. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's going to call all of his timeouts and then his, his ankle is going to hurt. I mean, how fun is that going to be? The offensive line would be calling timeouts. Wait a minute. Nope. No, 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 no. I am, I am not in on this. Well, yeah, I got that. No, I don't want to block any of these guys, and it certainly makes and, and you know you know NASCAR package things of that nature. But I mean, you're trotting out you know four, five elite athletes. It, it, it's sick, and you know for Malik, Malik McDowell, hope it continues. I mean, it does because the we always love to see the freaks what they can do, and right. you know for him, we never really got any opportunity. Obviously, nobody's gotten the opportunity. So if he straightens himself out, all the more better. Uh, we're going to get to a couple more positional battles. We got some listener questions. We're going to get to all those here. Your latest Locked On Browns, Stephen Thomas from the OBR, along for the ride. Baseball season is in full swing, unless you're a Mets fan. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL preseason, and all your UFC MMA action. For the next pitch. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Steven, now we get to the secondary. It's interesting, some of it safety-wise. 
injuries involved. Right. Cornerback, it's not so much injuries. You know, Denzel, I kind of think this is a, we know what we got, and we right. know there's times where you're going to get injured. So we'll see you September 30th in Kansas City. I'm September 13th in Kansas City. Um, the A.J. Green, Greedy Williams, that type of battle seems to be good. Delpit missing time. Harrison missing some time. You've gotten to see LeCount. Moffitt seems to be like a guy that you're going to have to throw him out of the building because he's going to – look, if i got to cut the grass, can you let me stick around? Exactly. And <laughs> last summer he was a kind of a guy who was a little bit of a headache for Baker Mayfield. Uh, this year it seems to be you know playing a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage, getting his nose dirty. But it's getting really interesting there. And, I mean, if you do the math and if you figure, you know, 10 possibly on, you know, with the defensive line, then you figure maybe 10 in the secondary linebacker-wise, four, maybe four and a half. And let's keep using that phrase when we're talking about some of these positional rooms because there's a lot of guys here that can do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it's get it's getting interesting. The Grant Delpa thing, it's it's tough because I think we all were excited of the potential of this player. Obviously, the Browns were excited for the potential of this player. And now you wonder if it's a thing where, you know, he's trying to make maybe making up for it too fast. You know, like because he missed his rookie year, because he missed so much time, now it's like, you know, hundred trying to do too many things to say, well, I want to get to the Pro Bowl this year because maybe that was the path I was on, where the young man is really, really a lot's going on. <clears throat> trying to find out where he's at physically while trying to understand that, you know, there's an opportunity for him to have a big role with this defense but he's just not all the way back to the athlete that his body has been accustomed to being for his entire life. Yeah. I mean, we're hearing from uh, inside the building and I'm sure your sources are telling you the same thing that this hamstring, it's not bad. They're just, you know, like everybody else's hamstring. If it was week one, he could, he could go. Um, But when you add it to the Achilles and everything else, I mean, let's be honest, even if the hamstring thing hadn't happened, they were going to ease Grant Delpit in slowly the first half of this year. Anybody expecting him to go out there and play 90% of the snaps from the jump was setting yourself up for disappointment. They were going, you and I talked about this for years when we, when we were coming through the desert looking for quarterbacks. Are you more concerned about the next 10 weeks or the next 10 years? And it's the same concept with Grant Delpit. They think that if he can come back healthy and be who they think he can be, He's, he's a piece of this franchise for the next 10 years. So getting him in, you know, the first six weeks of this season is not that important. They need him to round into shape slowly. They need him to take things a step at a time, do all the right things, because an Achilles is a serious, serious thing, even if you are a world-class 22-year-old athlete. So I'm not particularly worried about Delpit from the hamstring standpoint. And I also think um, that LeCount and, and uh, Moffitt getting all these reps, like you said, is going to help them do that. I mean, because with John Johnson and Ronnie Harrison, they're set at their first two spots. You can get by. Yeah, they want to play three safety looks. But with JOK and, the, you know, that kind of stuff, you can sort of piecemeal that together, like you said. And I think Moffitt and LeCount have showed enough that they can step in and be in the end of that safety room for now. Um, if, if assuming Delpit's not ready to go right away, which he may well be. But the thing with Delpit is uh, it's, it was never going to be full board this year as it is. He was always going to be the third, sometimes the fourth 
uh, guy, depending on it. And if this continues the way it is, that's that's how it's going to roll out. Now, will will they put him on the short term IR and bring somebody else in for three weeks? That I can't answer. That I don't know. I don't think so. But the fact that he is not only coming off the Achilles, but has missed basically all of camp, it's a possibility. They might do something like that because they've got so many 53 uh, questions right now that taking up a guy that, you know, you don't think can play right away, taking up a spot, that might be something that they do. That short-term IR or three weeks or whatever it is, that might be something they do for him. But I wouldn't worry about it, even if even if that's the way it goes. Because if J.J. and Ronnie are out there, the safety room will be okay. I think Sheldon Redwine is, you know, on his last legs. Um, I think Elijah Benton, I, I like him. Uh, he flies around. He's made some plays. I just think he's going to lose out to a numbers game. And as far as the cornerbacks go, I think you're right on the money with Denzel. He's in that group with Miles and Baker and Odell. And they're like, okay, yeah, we, we don't need to risk you, in, in, you know, in Atlanta uh, against a guy who's fighting for his life and might roll up on your ankle. So I don't think that's an issue. Um, as I understand it, the Greedy Williams, the latest injury is not that bad. Again, it was yep. precautionary. Um, so I think he'll be ready to go, whether it's him or Greg Newsom rolling out there week one. Still hard to say. I tend to think Newsom, but the fact that they keep giving Newsom so many reps in the slot, both in games and practice, tells me they might be trying to get all three of them out there at the same time uh, with Troy Hill, which honestly would be a pretty fearsome secondary if they're all out there and all healthy and then aj green is your dime guy wow that's (laughs) that that's a pretty darn good coverage group right there so it does set up an interesting thing for the linebacker conversation which i know is your absolute favorite position to talk about um but but, uh basically what i'm trying to say is yeah moffitt you and i both liked him as a uda udfa last year he he brought the wood he brought the lumber he needed to clean up some coverage and run fill and stuff and it appears that he's done that at least to a degree where he can be a depth option he's not going to challenge john johnson for his job or anything but i think he's definitely good enough to make this roster and hold it down for a week or two if somebody gets dinged up or something like that so everybody seems to be tremendously worried about the safety room and I get it. I understand why. I, I really don't think it's going to shake out to be something that we're going to lose a lot of sleep over. No, I, I think the safety room and the Browns are kind of just like, all right, well, let's just let this marinate. Let's just make sure everybody's ready for September 13th. And understanding mm-hmm. playing the Chiefs week one, that's fine. I mean, if everybody's got their panties in a bunch about it, you'd rather get to that. And then spend the next 18, 19 weeks saying, all right, well, the next time we play them, we've got everything we need in this respect. Um, and this is where some of this may come into factor here, Steve. If you're going to maybe keep an extra you know, defensive lineman because nobody saw the Malik McDowell thing coming, if you're maybe going to have to keep a little extra secondary help because of the fact that you're not sure where you're at with Grant Helpit. Um, and so that maybe creates an issue where somebody else may stay on the roster because of that subtraction has to come from somewhere. Right. And if you're going to play a bunch of nickel, you're going to play a bunch of dime. I mean, losing Jacob Phillips. Yes. It's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, but it comes down to, if you look at players and this is another situation where, you know, you may look at JOK as a, a, a half as a defensive back, a half as a linebacker. Um, but you obviously brought in Anthony Walker for a reason. You know the player that Sione Takitaki is. His role is limited. 
but the Browns love the role that he does. Um, then you get to, you know, JOK, you get to Elijah Lee, and there certainly is that gentleman who wears number 51. Um, but Steve, this one, I mean, if it comes down to Elijah Lee versus Mac Wilson, Elijah Lee excels on special teams. Mac Wilson doesn't really play special teams for the Browns. I don't know how this is much of a conversation. Yeah, I think uh, assuming health, and again, we've said this about 15 times in the last 20 <laughs> minutes, I don't think Sione Takitaki's injury is serious. I think it's another one of those things where if it was week one, he could go out there and play. Yeah, like he got put into the tent with Baker and the boys, but it was just because we're getting really short here. Maybe you don't deserve the VIP tent, but we're right. putting you in the VIP tent. <laughs> exactly. So I think... The majority of your snaps this year uh, from what would traditionally be the linebacker position, and I don't want to keep rehashing the JOK positional argument, it's Anthony Walker, JOK, Malcolm Smith, and then in certain packages, Sione Takitaki as the Sam, Uh, which means if you're going to keep five, and I tend to think they're going to keep five, that's the battle. Like you said, who is the guy? (coughs) Excuse me, Elijah Lee. Or Mac Wilson. And I, like you and I have said for two two years running now, man, we're rooting for Mac Wilson. I, I like the guy. He plays hard. He loves Cleveland. He's great in the community. He, he works his ass off in the weight room and apparently works it off in practice in the film room and everything, too. I, I just Which haven't seen why, it. I, not to cut you off here, but this <clears> is <throat> why the coaches speak so well of him. He does everything you ask, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it translates yeah and that's the thing you watch the play it's not there you would i mean it's almost to the point Stephen, where you would point to him and say could you give me a little bit more effort like mac and there's going to be players that say yeah well could he perform on sundays like i do (laughs) and it's like it's such a tough position to be in because he's everything you'd ask of him but it just doesn't show up when you play 60 minutes live. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, the NFL is what have you done for me lately business? I mean, that that's what it comes down to. And, you know, you look at, you know, all the terms that get thrown around. I'm sure you threw some around with John last night. Uh, you know, the, the points over replacement, the added value, the, the, all this kind of stuff. A, a good special teams guy. Where where does fifty one add more value than any of the other names that we've mentioned here? And that's not. I'm I'm sincerely asking. I'm trying to make an argument for the guy because, like like I said, I like him. I'm I'm rooting for him. I would love it if he turned into what some people think he already is. That'd be fantastic because he's a great ambassador for the franchise and the city and the fan base and everything else. I just don't know if he if that's the battle and on paper right now, it looks like it's going to be Mac Wilson or Elijah Lee. I just don't see how the math tilts in his favor. And just real quickly, I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't put Jacob Phillips on IR yet. They can say whatever they want about their seeing whether he can come back. You know, literally every doctor I've looked up because I've researched it since he got hurt. Every single one says torn biceps is 10 to 12 months. Everyone without fail. So I, I just don't understand. Because the thing is, is when can you get back it? to lifting weights? And that's the thing, because you're going to lose a ton of muscle mass. That's great. He's going to have a left, you know, because you can do nothing but curls for the girls with the one arm. But like, what are you doing with the rest of your body? 
Well, yeah. um, and, and it's jumping? hard to tackle in the NFL with one arm. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't doubt his, his commitment. And, you know, if they strapped him in one of those, uh, you know, elbow harness things or whatever, and he said, I can go out there and play, I admire it. That's fantastic. I just, we've seen it so many times over the years. These guys try to play with these injuries, and you can't do it with one arm at this level. You just can't. So unless it's not a complete tear or, and they know something that we don't that hasn't been publicly uh, put out there. I don't understand what they're waiting for. Um, so it, what my point was, he's not in this particular conversation because he's going to be on IR at some point soon. So yeah, Mac or Elijah Lee, if that's the question, and we haven't even talked about Tony Fields and Willie Harvey, you know, Tony Fields was a draft pick this year. How do you cut that? I think he might be headed for IR as well. They'll sneak mm-hmm. him on there with the foot, but yeah, I just, I just, I'm rooting for the guy. I don't see how the math adds up in his favor unless one more injury happens somewhere on that depth chart. And even if that's the case, though, but, I mean, there comes a point where it's, you know, we think we maybe we've seen him enough. We, you know, and it's – and at this point, for everybody involved, Mac included, look, there's, there's the upper echelon of the NFL, and, Steve, we're going to say this, that seems to be where the Browns are. There is the <laughs> lower end of the NFL. It does, right. I'm not saying Mac Wilson's out of the league. Uh, I'm just saying his time being on the upper echelon circuit. Right. Very well, maybe over. Uh, I mean, you want to go be a Detroit Lion? You know, still make your money? Yeah, that's yep. certainly a possibility for Mac Wilson. But yep. uh, I just don't see how it works out, you know, on a team that has, you know, AFC Championship Super Bowl aspirations. A couple of listener questions we'll get to here in a second um, as we continue through, which will now be your Wednesday Locked on Browns. What is your favorite Bill Bar flavor? Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to Bill Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bill Bar lineup by now, well, you are missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. Mint brownie, always my go-to. It's got that Girl Scout cookie kick to it. Damn, perfect every time. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should get a mix box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, they are also very healthy too. Most of the flavors contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com right now. And use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. This is an interesting one. Um, Anthony Schwartz, it's not been the greatest summer. We'll see how it parlays this week. Demetric Felton showing well. Kadero Hodge showing well. Could there be an instance here, Steve, where maybe... You say, let's just put Anthony on IR for a bit, and when we think he's fully ready, we'll go to it. It's certainly possible. Um, I don't think, again, <laughs> I'm a broken record. From the sounds of it, I, I don't think the uh, hamstring is a serious thing, but for a guy who's calling It's cards, also it's, not helping him. He's getting nothing. Yeah. He's not getting any reps. He's not getting any game experience, right. certainly behind the eight ball. Yeah, for a guy whose calling card is I'm 4-2 and you're not, a hamstring is, you know, it's kind of like Cody Parkey injuring his leg. I 
I'm no genius, but I can't imagine there's much worse for a kicker, you know? So, and I think for a speed guy, injuring your hamstring is in that same universe. That being said, and I made this point uh, uh, last night on our show, we all knew, uh, and you were one of his biggest supporters. I love the guy, but he was in a group in that range for me. You wanted him or, you know, you were going to riot and burn the village. Um, So, but even you knew his role as a rookie was going to be pretty specific and pretty limited. Now, next year, you hope he grows into a wider version, takes over more wide receiver roles. But for this year, I think everybody knew it's going to be, okay, you're going to do like three things. You're going to go long. You're going to run jet sweep and orbit motion. And maybe we'll get you like a tunnel screen or something. That's it. You're not going to run a big route tree. That's what you're going to do. You're super fast. Go out there and be super fast. That's what you have to do. So as long as the hamstring is okay, yes, he's behind. Yes, you would rather have a guy in camp, especially a rookie, to get the reps and learn and all that kind of stuff. But he, he'll be able to do those things at the level they need him to do it. So as long as his hamstring is okay by Kansas City, I, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal as it would be with someone who's just a regular wide receiver who needs to, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, he needs to learn the full NFL wide receiver experience as a rookie. If he missed three weeks of camp, that would be a huge thing. As long as Anthony Schwartz can run 4-2 on September 12th, he'll be able to do what they want what they want, and need him to do this year. So, I mean, they certainly could, absolutely, uh, and there's justification for it. But I, I don't know. If he's healthy, I think he's going to be on the, on the initial 53. I just don't see how – why would you not want 4-2 speed at least as an option, you know, especially going into Arrowhead? And as far as Felton goes, I keep seeing people asking questions. Um, is he, you know, closer to a roster spot now? I, I don't think it's even a question. I no. like, like I, I would be Clark Griswold head sewn to the carpet, shocked if he wasn't on the initial fifty. He's your, right, right away. He's your punt returner, so at, it starts at, with minimum. that right away. He's returning punts, so there's no at doubt about that. Minimum. And now, is that at the expense of Dearness Felton? I don't know. Personally, I don't think so. I think they're going to keep them all, all four of them. Yep. But it could be Dearness Johnson. It could be Andy Janovich. It could be a fourth tight end they don't bring in, but they keep Andy Janovich. It could be they get rid of Janovich. Stanton comes in as the fullback slash tight end slash H-back, and they keep all four of those running backs. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Points over replacement, the added value. Who adds more value to your offensive weaponry? Keeping Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton or keeping letting Dearness Johnson go and keeping a fourth tight end who's 80% of his role is a blocking guy and maybe some red zone targets or something like that. Who adds more to your win total? I, I just, I, again, I'm not a math guy, but I can't see that Demetric Felton plus, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, Demetric Felton plus Dearness Johnson isn't more valuable that way. So I think they're going to keep all four of those guys. Will they keep mm-hmm. all four of those plus Andy Janovich? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting decision, you know, and, and uh, the Davian Davis thing that you touched on before, he wasn't going to make the roster anyway. So it actually helps him because if somebody in the wide receiver room gets hurt during those two weeks, he's suspended. Well, guess what? Now we got a spot for you, young man. Yep. And no, and even when you get to Felton, Felton, we're talking about guys who can be, well, he can play here. He can play here. So he's a uh, half of that roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, half of that. Felton is a point three three, a point three three, and a point three three. So I mean, that's even like better. Like he's a carpenter, he's a plumber, and you know what? He can do a little bit of electrical work. So you know, a guy like Felton <laughs> is is perfect. 
Um, guys, it's always, guys and gals, it's always a great time. Uh, Steven and I could sit down and go for hours and literally we talk all day anyway, but, uh, you know, we get to this and it could just go even further. Uh, the OBR just continues to, you know, slay it. Um, and obviously now they have, you know, advanced more here, uh, bringing in Andy Lytle, going to this live show every, uh, you know, every evening that they're doing through Twitch, um, just another great opportunity, but also you get to see the guys maybe a little bit more unfettered, a little more unbuttoned. And, uh, you know, for our good buddy, uh, yes, the pants would be dropped. Of course, that is the OBR style. Who needs pants anyway? <laughs> um, make sure you're following at Browns Mock Draft. Make sure you're checking out the live show, you know, through Twitch that they are putting out, you know, uh, almost every day now. Um, and, you know, God bless them because then now they're starting to understand that, you know, the everyday content, it ain't for everybody. But, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> you you got to get into it. You got to roll up your sleeves and get going. Uh, the show itself, Locked on Browns, follow back account, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, you know, uh, throw a follow over there. DMs are open. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Odyssey. Make sure you are following or subscribe to the Locked on Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.